Robots Radio presents Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast. I'm not usually a hat fan, but wow. Maybe like the and I'm really sipping on that dumb bitch juice today. And, um... <laughs> yeah, I am. But you know what? Someday I just might grow out of that. But you, you will never stop being a jerk. All chocolate cakes are good. You're a fascist. It's hideous. It's horrible. It's home. Angry white boy. Let's go. Hola y bienvenido al podcast de la película Fresh Tomatoes. <laughs> and that was Google Translate. That was great. That was amazing. Oh, if really? you don't know who we are. Am I just a natural? <laughs> yeah. I thought I was uh, I, I thought I was there at the uh, in Spain. I thought we were in the square you know, in Madrid. <laughs> exactly. I thought it was, you know, I was like who is this wonderful Chiquita in front of me? It's definitely not the the Simone Larue that I that we know yeah. and love. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Well, I mean, what a way to start the podcast. Yes. It's, it's all a shambles from here, really. <laughs> this week, as you may have guessed from that intro, is Spanish Horror Week. Yes. Um, Simone, for those of uh, those who haven't caught up on last week's episode, do you want to explain how we came to this conclusion of doing Spanish horror movies? Yes. So my dad has started listening to our podcast on his commutes. And now my dad is the reason that I love bad movies because he is unfailingly mm-hmm. optimistic. <laughs> and it actually took me a really long time to realize movies can be bad, actually. Yeah. So he he recommended, he said, we should try check out these two movies. His recommendation was also that we drink sangria and eat tapas while we do it. But first of all, listeners, we will not do that to your ears. Second of all, we are recording mm-hmm. this on a Monday night. So sangria wasn't like strictly mm-hmm. on the table for me. So, sorry, Dad. <laughs> but we're eating sangria, we're drinking sangria in spirit. Exactly. It's all, it's all about the thought that counts. I mean, it, to be fair, you know, I'm, I'm moving house and, you know, I went down to the, the only shop that was available in like a 20-yard radius and it definitely did not have any Spanish wine. Oh. So, so that was completely out for me Bummer. too. Plus, I'm driving later, so that's probably not a good idea that I drink. You know, we, we're alcoholics, but we're responsible we're, alcoholics. We're responsible so. about it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But we did watch Spanish movies. You did a Spanish intro. And we do like Spain. Love it. If anything, I'm even more keen to visit again. So much. Again? When did you go to Spain? Yeah, I went with my parents a couple times when I was a kid. Oh, lovely. That's so nice. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful country. Very hot. Yes, I can imagine. I can imagine it would be very, very warm. So, I mean, in terms of Spanish horror movies, like... They are just naturally good. Like, we're not necessarily talking about these two movies, which we're reviewing today. You know, not yeah. Donald Berry the lead here, but, you know, Sp- like, there are some really good Spanish horror movies. Veronica uh, is Spanish, horror, Spanish horror movie, if I remember correctly. Or is it yes. Italian? Uh, no, I think it was Spanish. I think Veronica's yeah. Spanish. And that, like, is still one of my favorite horror movies to come out in the last couple mm-hmm. of years. Um, I really enjoyed, I think it's called The Honeymoon. Okay, I haven't seen that one. Yeah. There's, there's... There are really good Spanish horror movies out there. Yeah. Are these two movies some of them? Mm. I mean, it's debatable. One of them is certainly better than the other. Um, that's that's <laughs> something we can definitely say. Um, we'll discuss yeah, like, which is which because I'm not sure. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, Wreck. That's that's one of that's one of the like mm. sort of foundational horror movies, and that's a Spanish horror movie. I mean, yeah, like the Spaniards know what they're doing. They're yeah, very, they know very spooky. Good at horror. Yeah. They're awesome. Well done. Well done, Spain. We're very much behind you on this. Yeah. <laughs> so, Simone, these two Spanish horror movies, though, something a little different. So, uh, which ones are we doing, as recommended by La Papa? <laughs> so, we are doing The Bar, 
and we are doing mm-hmm. The Skin I Live In with a surprise appearance from Antonio Banderas that I didn't expect in this episode. Yes, very much so. I don't I don't know how I feel about being both terrified and horny over the man. <laughs> I mean, it's not a new feeling for either of us, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't what we expected this no. morning because i mean the funniest story oh for our God. listeners before we started recording this and i mean if you've seen the skin i live in you know that what's about to be said is very very weird uh, yeah. to, to summarize it very quickly but like it somehow it worked out that both simone and i watched the skin i live in this morning at sort of you know break of dawn mm-hmm. the second we kind of got up and it is an incredibly weird film to start your day yeah, yeah. the The rest of the yeah. day definitely had like weird vibes for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I know how you feel. I I definitely was walking around sort of in that sort of ick zone for the rest of the day. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I wish you could take sick days because of things like this. Like I wish companies were <laughs> hey more guys, understanding. I started my day off with a real weird movie, and the vibes are off <laughs> for me. <laughs> I'm just going to sit with this one out, if that's okay. Just, uh... <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine that I was a comforting presence in meetings today. No, definitely not. Definitely not. So what are you drinking, then, if sangria is not on the tables? Let's decide oh, an order lunch. of doing these Because I'm not Good driving anywhere. And we had an b- open bottle from yesterday, so I'm just having a nice rosé. Oh, lovely. That's really nice. Um, as you can see, I am just having water. Trying to trying to keep it healthy, keep hydrated. Make sure you drink your your sufficient water during the day, you guys. That's our mm-hmm. PSA of the day. That's for sure. Got to. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, I don't know. I kind of feel like we should. I know the rules are that you mm. should go first, but I kind of really want to just get the bar out of the way. Yeah, here's the reason I want to do the bar first is also uh, just a trigger warning at the top, guys. When we talk about the skin I live in, there's going to be a lot of talks about sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe we do the bar first. You can listen to that and then mm-hmm. just get out if you think that that's going to be a little triggering for you because it yeah. is intense. It is. That's it. It just <laughs> is very intense. Um, yeah, no, I completely agree. So let's do, let's get the bar out of the way and uh, and then we can go for this. Right. So I did not write a synopsis again in the process of moving. So it was just not on my priority list, unfortunately. Uh, But here we go. So in Madrid, this lady, Elena, played by Bianca Suarez, is going on a date. She has met this guy on a dating app and she is heading over to the hotel, the fancy hotel where they are going to meet. Uh, unfortunately, she doesn't exactly know where it is, and her phone is dying, so she decides to say, go into this little sort of grungy little bar kind of cafe thing that's, you know, just not her style. She's very upper class, and this is very lower class kind of vibes, and she's just not very happy about it. So she goes in there, and she meets Nacho, played by Mario Casas, who is this hipster dude. He's got a beard, sort of, you know, belts and braces kind of guy. He's got a laptop. He's watching a video on his phone. Very hipster, hipster chic. Then you've got Trini, played by Carmen Machi, who is the owner of... uh, No, she is a uh, compulsive gambler, and she always comes into this cafe to play the slot machines and ignores everyone doing their thing. Then you've got Satur, who is played by Secunda La Rosa, uh, he is this really sweet, adorable guy who is like a waiting staff at yeah. the bar. Uh, and he's just really sweet, wants to make conversation with everyone. And he's just delightful. Uh, then you got Israel, played by Jamie Ordonez, um, who is a bum. Essentially, he's a, he's a homeless man who goes into the bar and spouts Christian uh, proverbs at everyone in crazy sort of babble. 
You also have Amparo, uh, played by Terele Pavez, who is the owner of the bar. Then you've got Sergio and Andres, played by uh, Alejandro Awada and Joaquin Clement. But they don't really feature, so I'm not going to go into them too much. So Satoru tries to help Elena. They, like, have a chat. Everyone sort of, like, establishes themselves. And then this big, sort of bloated gigantic obese man with like pus flowing from his eyes and things comes into the bar everyone kind of looks at him very weird he goes into the bathroom and he's in there for ages uh things continue in the bar as normal we get to establish the characters a bit more when suddenly a street sweeper gets shot in the head uh, at the outside of the cafe very very scary everyone's freaking out they don't know what to do someone tries to leave the bar uh, and they're immediately shot as well so everyone thinks this is like a weird sort of sniper situation no one wants to leave the bar and they're all freaking out and really upset eventually they decide that uh the guy in the bathroom has been in there way too long uh and something must be wrong with him so they go over to the bathroom and they realize that he is in fact dead he's got this pus going through his eyes they all drag him out of the bathroom and everyone's freaking out again as the story develops, they realize that this uh, guy who died on the toilet is, in fact, infected with something very different. It's a new sort of pathogen that's really highly contagious. And it is kind of, you know, they connect the dots and realize that the people outside who are sniping, uh, whoever walks out of the bar, are trying to stop the spread of whatever this virus is by killing them. It's also a huge cover-up. So these guys come around, burn tires in front of the bar so that it looks like there's a fire and no one is allowed in or out of the player of the square in Madrid. Um, they, it, the, there is a huge sort of divisive moment in the film where half of those people who didn't touch the dead bloated guy, uh, go off against the people who did touch, uh, the bloated guy. The ones who, uh, didn't touch the guy force the others down into the basement. So those who are down in the basement are Trini, Elena, uh, Nacho, and Israel, and Satur. They all go down into the, into the basement. The others stay up there. Eventually, the snipers actually infiltrate the bar, shoot all of those guys, set the place on fire. Uh, the other guys sneak down into the uh, underground sewers. Um, they also realize that the fat guy had a bunch of antidotes. A bunch of them stick themselves. A bunch of people die. In the end, the only survivor, spoilers, but also not really. This is from 2017. Catch your films. Um, is Elena. She walks out and she's been, she's been given the antidote. She walks out of the drains and no one helps her, which is super fucking weird. And she just kind of walks home. The mm. end. Wait. I'm not going to ask for your cliffhanger because I don't think there's a point of us was... inserting a, a clip here. I don't want to guess yes. at the um, linguistic ability of our listeners, but... Um... Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, it might be, and if people, you know, want to complain to us about this, like, that's fair enough, but, you know, we're not being sort of nationalistic or, or Anglo-centric or anything, it's just the fact that, you know, statistically you speaking, it. it would be a waste of everyone's <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah, exactly. So I think, yeah, you're absolutely right, Clip hangs for this one, it's just a no-go. A- apologies to our Spanish-speaking listeners. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. We are, we are sorry for this one. But, <laughs> that being said, we are celebrating Spanish films, so, Yay. you know. Take it on the chin. Yeah. So tell me your thoughts. <laughs> oh, man. I, 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 at first I was like, maybe I'm not understanding this movie because I'm very tired. Okay. But like, to me, it's a movie of just a group of people jumping from conclusion to conclusion <laughs> with like actually very little to back it up. 
Okay, okay. I don't know. It just seems so weird to me that, you know, people arrive at these answers, but, like, they're like, no, mm. there must be a virus. That's why they're not letting us out. And this, and then, and then, oh, they read some text messages, and they're like, he must have an antidote. And, like, they find one. Yeah. But you're just like, this is shaky logic at best that keeps, like, yeah. it, it's just, it's, I don't know. I found that odd. Um, and I, as always, I am frustrated by movies where I don't have answers at the end. Like, you don't even know if they're right. You. Like, Elena gets out and she just yeah. leaves. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it kind of, like, almost tees up for either, you know, a sequel or just a weird thing. Um, I think I read somewhere that this was supposed to be, like, a satirical piece. Oh, and, okay. you know, um, in, in sort of light of, you know, post, well, mid-coronavirus a mid-coronavirus world, we do know that people are panicky peats. And so, you know, they do jump to conclusions a lot of the time. For example, and I think you'll love this, uh, some newspaper here in the UK reported that there would be a petrol shortage. And so everyone went out and bought petrol. And now petrol's gone up, like, by a lot, which is great. Thanks so much. The reality of the situation was diesel would be a little bit slowed down. So, yeah, it's fantastic. So we know that people are panicky peeps, yeah, and I think true. this was a satire on that. And the fact okay. that, like, we, that. we, you know, the people who are injured or, or downtrodden want to unify, while the people who are clean and, and you know, not suffering just want to divide, um, which I thought was interesting. And, yeah, like, I do agree with you in the fact that it was a very jumpy to conclusions, but sort of yeah. in that satirical no, I can lens, see, yeah. I can kind of see If you, if you the add the satirical thing in it, it does make, it does make good sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, Character-wise, loved this film. Thought there were some really interesting and diverse characters. Yeah. Um, kind of very much got over Israel to, towards the end. Yeah, I was just tired he of started off, you were like, ah, like, it's a shame. Like, you know, there but for the grace of God, go I. Like, I'm not going to judge the homeless dude, but they really played into a lot mm-hmm. of hard stereotypes. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it, it, he loses me at the end, I think. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Like, he... He, he, throughout the film, like, he just seems, like, he seems violent, but he doesn't, well, or not violent, but, like, Like, unstable. Unstable, but, like, not actually violent. And then in the end, it's sort of like, ah, oh, we need a villain, so we're just gonna use this guy. It's yeah. like a really easy scapegoat. Yeah, and yeah. I feel like they, 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 for a bit, also tried to paint Nacho as, like, the villain, and it was... Yes. This, this thing where it's like, you know, but aren't we all just as bad as each other in an emergency? And it's like, not really. There are two perfectly sane people in your group who have stayed that yeah. way throughout the movie. The whole time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Kind of, I guess it backfires on itself in that respect. Yeah. But Nacho um, does get hotter as the movie goes on. As soon as he loses the glasses oh, yeah? and the you dumb reckon? hairstyle and the fucking suspenders, you're like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, I get, I get you. I get you. He gets a little bit oily with the, you yeah, know, when I they like literally a, I like pour a oil man. on each other. Yeah, yeah. Man with a beard with uh-huh. the responsibility a for others. He does have a very good beard. So it seems that 2017 uh, Spain had a very big thing against beards. Like they were a little bit beard racist, it would seem. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't know, but yeah, it seems like, or at least very anti-hipster. Yeah, exactly. I would very much like to to have been in Spain when this came out and found out if that was like a, a hot topic, you know. It's interesting. I love watching films from other countries because you don't yeah. realize of these like weird little things that people have. Yeah, all yeah. these little cultural like idiosyncrasies. Mm, and it's beautiful to see. And I think that's why sort of it's very important to 
keep watching foreign films and actually you know i know i know it's yeah a lot more sort of mainstream in the fact that we're getting to see a lot more um yeah which is awesome uh, stuff but like which is amazing but it's good to see that because we understand like different cultures a lot more Mm-hmm. Which is which is lovely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is how we travel in a post-corona world. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Squid Games is actually a cultural uh, journey for all of us. I mean, it That's actually it really is. is. It's all about classism. Yeah. Well, there you go. It's perfect <laughs> for that. <laughs> so, I mean, the last well, one of the final things I want to say about this one is uh, Elena. What did you think of her as a character? her i thought she i thought she was pretty consistent throughout um i wish she'd had maybe mm-hmm. more of an arc because she actually starts off as a pretty down-to-earth person like for the most part like yeah. at one point she slips up and she's like oh i would never be seen in a bar like this and it's like i mean yeah but she wouldn't yeah <laughs> and she immediately regrets saying that right like she immediately mm. feels bad but she's actually pretty consistently like kind and thoughtful throughout the whole movie so yeah. you're just like wait so what did what did we learn from point? this yeah Exactly, exactly. No, you're so right. And I think it was, it, she had like, there was a moment of glory there towards the end, it would seem, where, oh, yeah. you know, like she she was able to get down into the sewer and grab <laughs> the, um, oh, the sewer scene was just grim All as, the a, sewer as an stuff. aside. Oh, how, what would you do? Like, how would you have I could never. I, could never. I would die. I'd die. Yeah. I would <laughs> I'd rather die. Rather I would die. rather die. Yeah, yeah. They only had three syringes and there were four people. You can have mine. It's fine. I'm not going down there. I'll throw up every four seconds. Grim, 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 grim. No, yeah, it's no. just going to be me dry heaving. That's all you hear in the sewers. <laughs> so it's you and you and uh, Nacho at the end and he's like, keep quiet. And you're just there like... <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, like there was that bit where she had the true advantage at the end when mm. like she went down into the sewer and grabbed the the syringes yeah, and things. That's true. And there was like no advantage to it. Like she just kind of, you know, there wasn't even like a moment of of corruption where she was just like, I'm actually gonna, you know, yeah. almost inject one no. and then realize like, yeah, there was no character development for her. I mean, I think this movie was perfectly fine. I think it was cool Mm -hmm. to see, like, a weird little slice of Spanish culture in, like, you know, the typical, like, people that you'd see at a bar like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, a little bit of a cultural cross-section. I thought that was quite cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 fun. Yeah, yeah. It's it's look. It's perfectly lovely. It's a perfectly fine film. It's not particularly scary, Uh-oh. but it's just it's just like a nice romp for a bit. You know, yeah. you've got you've got like some really good characters, and they do actually give some really powerful performances. Yeah. Um, which is lovely. Like, there's that bit in the sewer with uh, Satur and Trini when they like talk yeah. to each other about sort of like you know ignoring each other and being yeah. human to each other and things like that. And it was it was really beautiful to see. Yeah. No. There's there's some really there are really some golden bits of dialogue in there. And I mean, as Simone said last week on the minisode, you've got to watch foreign films with subtitles rather than dubbed because you lose so much emotion when you do yeah. dubbing. You have yeah. to just. Suck it up, read the words, it's not a big deal. Yeah, there are very few times we're reading where the dub has been superior, or at least even equivalent. Exactly. Good. Well, I mean, golden nugget for this bad boy? 
I think for me, it's definitely Trini. I thought she was such an interesting mm-hmm. character uh, from start to finish, and she just gets like yes. more complex and dark as the movie goes on. And I, I really liked mm. that. I thought she was, she's kind of stole the show a little bit. Yeah, and then she's got like a good redemption arc at the end when she's yeah. like, "Oh, I wasn't turning my my back." No, no, not not in terms of like what she does, but yeah. like what she says when she's like, "Oh, I didn't turn my back on humanity. I didn't want a humanity to see me." And that was yeah. like. I thought that was quite sweet. I thought yeah. that was really cute and really sad. Yeah. So sad. What's your golden nugget? My golden nugget, I think, is... Oh, I don't know. I think it's the mystery behind sort of this virus. I thought that was really cool. I think mm. having having the perspective of a post-pandemic world gives these films a lot more flavor. Mm. And, and I think seeing sort of, you know, how people imagined pandemics or or viruses spreading being handled and sort of the sci-fi aspect of it versus you know living in the reality of what it is (laughs) it's just always fun to watch and so I really loved this because unfortunately it's one of the last pure moments of complete speculation that we'll ever get innocent time because from now on we're gonna have more realistic pandemic movies because we've been through one we know how people are gonna act so people will hopefully write better. But when it was back in 2017, you had those dewy-eyed <laughs> filmmakers and film writers who could just do what they wanted, and it was gorgeous. Like, yeah, you know, I imagined that a government would act very decisively to shut down a virus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, six people and done. That's all it would take. Uh. <laughs> oh, dreams. Dreams, dreams, dreams. Uh, would you recommend it? I don't know. Ooh, yeah, you know okay. what? I think, I think, yeah, like, if you want to check out, like... If, like like I said, I think it's a cool cultural cross-section. I think it's, like, a nice – from, like, a slice-of-life perspective. Um, not that I think that it's totally representative of, like, the Spanish experience. <laughs> right. But I think it's cool. It's cool to see, like, who the characters are. It's um, – yeah. Check it out. Why not? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's not a particularly long film, is it? Mm-hmm. So – it's it's lovely to just get through, you just enjoy it, and yeah, you meet some really nice characters along the way, and yeah, it's good fun. It's good fun. Yeah, I would recommend it too. Yeah. Excellent. In a world where solid-state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta, people never stop loving atomic-powered everything. A chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War. 25 years later, they emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart in their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of two, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. Simon, a complicated anti-hero who chooses light and hope, but accidentally becomes a cannibal, and wakes up naked and afraid with a Scorch Beast Queen after a date goes terribly wrong. What? I mean, it's a wild wasteland, right? This dark humor radio drama will have you driving off the road and crawling out from under the fallout. Two men. One wasteland. And so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast. Rated R.
Now streaming on your holotape player podcasty thing. Right then, Simone. Tell me about our creepy morning today, please. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm okay. going to explain the story, this story in chronological order and not in the order that the movie shows. Because I do That's think that this plot plan. is actually unhinged and the movie tries to make it artsy with the order that it shows the story in. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, yeah, we'll speak about that. So just again, we'll guys, this is a, your your chan- ter- chance to like swerve out. Big trigger warning. There's a lot of sexual assaults in this movie. Yeah, if you want to catch up, I would say give us 20 minutes. If no, you just I would avoid just... It and then because like, even as we it? talk about it, yeah. like, you guys, we'll see you next week. Yeah, have a great one. We love you and there's nothing yeah. you can do about it. We love you and there's nothing <laughs> you can do about it. Okay. <laughs> so... This movie centers on and uh, Robert Ledgard, Dr. Robert Ledgard, played by Antonio Banderas. He is a brilliant surgeon who is followed by tragedy. First is the untimely demise of his wife. His wife had an affair with uh, the maid's son, Zeka, played by Roberto Alamo, uh, and she died, or she burned horribly. Um, and then when she finally saw her reflection after months of this doctor caring for her, she threw herself out of a window. So, oh, trigger warning for suicide. We'll put that in the notes because there's also yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of, there's a lot. A lot of suicide. She throws herself out of the window. Uh, their daughter, Norma Ledgard, is the one who discovers her body, and she is in and out of psychiatric care for most of her childhood. When it seems like she started doing much better, uh, Robert lets her come with him to a wedding. At this wedding, she meets Vicente, played by Jan Cornet, and uh, the two of them hit it off immediately. Uh, they go off some- to be alone, somewhere quiet, and it quickly turns into a rape situation. It's treated as ambiguous, but she said no, and he didn't stop, so it's rape. Yeah. Uh, her mental yeah. health declines rapidly, and she eventually kills herself. But Dr. Ledgard, he realized what happened to her, and he happened to see the license plate of Vicente uh, as he drove away on his motorbike. So, naturally, he does what any psychopathic surgeon would do. He kidnaps Vicente, and what starts (laughs) is, like, a six-year-long journey where he gives him a sex change um, and performs a whole bunch of very experimental plastic surgeries on him to basically turn Vicente into a copy of his wife from here on out we'll refer to the wife as vera cruz played by elena anaya uh she's referred to as she in the movie technically she would be a he because vicente never changed his gender i'm going with she for ease um (laughs) this is hard (laughs) yeah absolutely but at least you've recognized it that's important so uh, from here on out, we just have these very tense scenes with Vera and Robert. Uh, at the same time, we find out that Robert is has been doing this experimental uh, gene therapy where basically her skin is really thick and like impervious to a lot of damage. Uh, that doesn't really come back at any point. He's basically told to Not knock it off by the president of like the research institute he works at. Um, his friend Fulgencio, who he also does a bunch of like dodgy underground surgery with is like hey this yeah. is fucked up I think I realized what you've done and he's like no you don't know what you're talking about and even Vera because now they're friends oh because also sorry Zeka <laughs> comes back 
<laughs> yes. He thinks that Vera is obviously the uh, ex-wife that he, uh, you know, had an affair with all those years ago. So naturally he rapes her. Uh, but Robert walks in as that's happening and shoots him. Um, and then that propels Robert into Vera's arms. Remember, Vera is the man who raped his daughter. Um, he and Vera have like it's a thing icky. going and he thinks it's all good. But then Vera is like, no, and shoots him and escapes. And the movie ends as she finds her mother again. Yep. Yep. That's it. Oh, and he and oh Zeka boy. were actually brothers because he was also the maid's son, but she just, like, didn't yeah. really tell him. It's um, it's a lot, I would say. This movie is a lot. Yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, so the way that this movie plays it out is it starts off with uh, Dr. Ledgard doing all these experiments on who you think is his wife, and then it slowly, re- you realize it's not his wife, but you're like, oh, maybe he, like, gave another woman this face, and then mm-hmm. it sort of keeps going back in time and revealing everything, and then it fast-forwards yeah. back to the present in time for Vera to shoot him and right off into the sunset, as it were. How, how, do you, how did you feel about the reveal I, would love to I figured it out a while. <laughs> well, Did I mean, you? Okay. At, at the, from the very beginning, you're like, oh, okay, that's not his wife. Like, this is a creepy thing that he's done. Like, he's given someone plastic surgery. And then more <laughs> or less, once I saw Vicente, I was like, oh, no, they're not. <laughs> they, they're not. <laughs> and that, then that they do. My, yeah. That was kind of my hope. I, I, I was hoping that that wasn't the twist. Yeah. So I refused to believe it. And then it it just it just gets worse and worse. And I think what's great about it it's 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 both great and really horrific is the fact that um, you it, it's such a slow occurrence. Oh my god! Like you know he gets you know vaginoplasty and then uh, breasts. Yeah, that's an odd then, place to uh, just start, but cool. <laughs> Are you are you really criticizing an insane man who turns his daughter's rapist into his wife and then wants to marry her? You that's your that's your hang up. I'm just saying he's the not vagina. the best surgeon. He's not like, even a good surgeon. If you're committed to giving this guy a sex change, right? Like, surely you force feed him estrogen for a while, and you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, I would have loved to known the end game in his mind mm. before. He turned him into his wife. Like, was that always his plan? Yeah. Or was he just going to, like, turn him into a woman and then was like, oh, I miss my wife. I might as well turn this mm. guy into my wife. Mm. Like, what was, like, when did the, what? Look, when, the, when, I have so how? many questions. And the casting choice was really weird, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, they picked a guy with a pretty slight build, but it's still, like, he's a grown yeah. man with, like, broad shoulders and, like... <laughs> They're like, now he's Vera. And it's a completely different looking actress and different eye color even. Yeah. And I feel like they maybe could have cast someone who, I don't know, was a bit more like diminutive in stature and had brown eyes at Mm -hmm. least. Because you're just like, there's no way that that man (laughs) turned into this woman. I don't care how good a plastic surgeon he is. Maybe maybe that was a device to not make this the ickiest movie on the planet. I don't know. Because I think if you if you truly believed that Vicente became Vera, you would just never stop throwing up and your brain would just yeah. break. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, it's a lot. And then we decided, because we're geniuses and we've been doing this for over 200 episodes, uh-huh. well, well, 200 movies, we, yes. we decided to watch this 
first thing in the morning. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that was a yeah. lot more boob than I needed to see first thing in the morning. Uh, right, okay. We do not feel the same way about that. <laughs> <laughs> and we've, we've, we've covered this. I'm painfully straight. <laughs> I mean, look, is she beautiful it's, in every way, shape, yes. and form? Yes. She's gorgeous. Yes. Um, I was just like, oh, my God. And, like, my mom's visiting. So my mom walked mm-hmm. in to bring us coffee, and there's just tits on the oh, screen. No. And I was like, <laughs> we're watching them. <laughs> that your husband recommended. It's for my job. <laughs> It's it's for my job. Yeah, that's got to be a weird extra layer for you because your father. No, no, no. What his message said movie. is he was like, "You should watch the bar." Also, I'm gonna check out this other movie called The Skin I oh. Live In, and you should check it out too. Oh, okay. Thanks, Dad. Okay. I think you should definitely discuss this with him in depth and for a long, Dad. long time. This is a great <laughs> choice. On thank you, thank you, Mr. Larue. I really appreciate this. <laughs> Oh, goodness. So what did you like about it? Let's talk about the things that we liked. Uh, there are a couple things. It's cool to see Antonio Banderas act in Spanish. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. Western moviegoers, we don't see that very often. No. And Unless, I guess, you watched Desperado. Um, but, yeah, it was cool to see him act in Spanish. He's, he's always a fantastic actor. I think he did really well in this yeah. role. Um, I also yeah. thought the woman who played Vera did a really incredible job um she was uh, the perfect level of spooky yes completely agree with you yeah yeah you know i think there were some really interesting bits to this movie but i think as a whole like there are some things that just don't come together i mean besides the whole plot being totally unhinged like the, they really make mm. a big deal out of the fact that vera's skin is like genetically modified to be like really strong and yeah. impervious to stuff and that never really comes back like that's it's like chekhov's mutated skin um she doesn't use it to her advantage to escape or to accomplish anything she's just got tough skin absolutely nothing yeah it's almost as if like it was kind of like trying to redeem the um uh, to to redeem uh, antonio banderas's character because it's like oh the presidente told him to not do it anymore and he didn't therefore he's a good guy (laughs) it's like that is the thinnest yeah thinnest of ice sheets to be standing on my friend yeah it's like, like oh yeah he's experimenting on quality. this man who did not consent to it but it's for medical science <laughs> never mind that that <laughs> would not be like reputable no not even a little bit like... not even a little bit but yeah i do agree with you that that didn't go anywhere but yeah and it, it should have and it would have been nice if it did um, but overall, yeah, like you say, Antonio Banderas is incredible in this. Both actors, Vincente and Vera, were mm. really, really good. I really felt sorry for for uh, uh, Antonio Banderas' character in all this. I mean, to be fair, like, you know, having your wife and your daughter commit suicide after horrible, horrible things, and, like, your wife cheating on you and all of this stuff, and then to witness the rapist of your daughter turning into a woman who you loved and then be having sex with the guy he witnessed it like he didn't directly make it happen what them having sex no you said he witnessed the man who raped his daughter turn into the woman he loved oh yeah it was a very passive way that i said that i do apologize yeah 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 just a okay. witness, okay. I would say. Yeah, he he definitely wasn't a witness in that. But yeah, that like it's like about ten de- levels deeper fucked up. Yeah. And and yeah, it's no wonder he he was like this, you know, before his death. I I, I think most of us would be too. I don't know. No no. <laughs> do you have do you have a higher standard than this? <laughs> I feel 
feel like many of us have encountered tragedy in our lives on some level. And never have we thought, you know what I'm going to do instead of call the police with a clear license plate that I remember after the rape of my Mm -hmm. daughter. Mm -hmm. Instead, I will track him down myself, kidnap him, and have him undergo an elaborate and expensive series of surgeries (laughs) to look like my deceased wife. And then... Oh, did you not know that this was based on a true story? (laughs) (laughs) Is this just what men are like? (laughs) This is... Every man watches this movie and goes, yep, yeah, I would do the same. Spot on. Mm. Damn, yeah. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) It's scary because it's true. (laughs) What if my arch nemesis had incredible boobs, though? (laughs) (laughs) Things I want to get tattooed on my body. (laughs) Oh, man. So, um, golden nugget for this one. Gosh. Um, you know, visually, this film is really mm. interesting, actually. I think there were some very mm-hmm. cool directorial uh, choices made. Uh, as fucking yep. bizarre as this movie and the plot is, like, it's filmed very beautifully, actually. It's um, yeah. a visually stunning movie um you know if you all mm, all the rape all the sex scenes are so weird i don't think this ah, very weird they all feel like they were written by someone who's never actually had sex i disagree i think it was written by someone who's only had very bad sex (laughs) because all the men in this i'm just like oh no (laughs) whether it's consensual or not you're like get off her Yeah, it's all hideous. Like, it just never makes you want to have sex again. Like, it's all grim. It's dark, yeah. Uh, What's your golden nugget? I think think it's just... I I, I would agree with you. I think the color palette for this is just absolutely stunning. Mm. And I think just if you can get past the story and (laughs) just all of the nonsense of that, like, this is actually a truly pretty film to watch. It's just very pretty. Um, and you know what, like the story in itself might be weird and really fucked up, but it's a pretty good story too. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's certainly a story. (laughs) I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Like not, I think enjoyed the wrong is, is the wrong word, but like there is no word in English for that where you, yeah. yeah. I responded positively. You were entertained. Yeah. I was entertained. So would you recommend it? Is the big question. You know what? If you heard all of this and you were still like, (laughs) this might be my bag, then I guess it is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I think I would only recommend this to a very specific type of person. Someone who loves Cannes Film Festival films. Yeah. And like goes to South by Southwest religiously. Like this is the film for them. Yeah. Yeah. It's artsy and weird and you have to overlook a lot of weird shit. To be like, oh, but look at how he chose to do the lighting for this character. Like, uh, yeah, it's technically good. Absolutely. (laughs) But it is disturbing. So, guys, yeah, really, if you do watch it, make sure you're watching it with someone who will not be, like, completely fucked up from this film. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Just uh, give your friends a nice warning. Big warning. Big, big warning. Mm. Um, Well... Anyway, thank you very much. Or, should I rather say, gracias. Ah, gracias. to you and your papa for for, uh, recommending this week. It's been fun. Fun. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mucho bien. (laughs)
<laughs> Mucho bien. So, Simone, what is your gratitude for this week? Uh, my gratitude for this week is my mom. My mom's down here. She's Aww. visiting. I get to hang out with her and spend time with her. And it's just, it's really nice. It's nice to have my mom around. That's lovely. Yeah, it's nice when, when you can hang out with your parents and stuff. And yeah, it's just lovely. Yeah. Yeah, what's your gratitude? Uh, my gratitude this week is love and just couples in general and just l- love and lovely, lovely things. So we went to a heritage site. Yeah. Uh, me and my girlfriend went to a heritage site on Sunday. And um, basically we were wandering around and one of the volunteers came up and like spoke to us about the place and gave us the history. Oh, nice. We then went upstairs and someone else came and spoke to us about this, like the history of the upstairsy bit. And it turns out that they're actually a married couple who volunteer together <gasps> oh, as a retired couple. they just love couple. it so much. And they just love it so much. But before we found out about that, I actually turned to Georgette and I was like, we should do this when we retire and be like a couple who does these things. And then the wife came up to us and spoke and then we like said, oh, we, we spoke to Bill downstairs. And she was like, Bill was my, Bill's my husband. <gasps> and we were like, mm, oh. this is too cute. And I love all of this. And oh. it's just, I love I'm that just so grateful for, for you. love. Yeah. I just I was like, I see you in me, all the people. This is wonderful. Look, so, yeah, I've it was really, really lovely. Me. Yeah, so it was really lovely, and I'm just really grateful for for cute couples like that who do, you know, oh. cute things like doing the go to Lord's work. Sites. Those too. Oh, it keeps the world spinning. It really does. It really it does. Really, really does. Yeah. yeah. Well, talking about to keeping the world spinning and things that are just amazing and all things like that. Next week. We have a special guest. Special One could almost say the most special of all the guests. And I'm sorry to everyone else who has guested on this podcast. You're all special to us. Um, yeah, you're all special to us. But uh, but we will be having David Alt back Yay, on the podcast. Yay, David! A longtime favorite uh, from the No Sleep podcast. We love him so very much. And um, David David suggested that we do 80s horror movies, Simone. <gasps> Excellent. So... Some of the wonderful, cheesiest things from that wonderful yeah. decade. Sure, we've so done the 90s we... so far, so let's uh, exactly. let's get into the 80s. A great time for Damn horror. Straight. Exactly, exactly. And so we will be kicking off with Maximum Overdrive, which was Stephen King's coke-fueled debut into directing and writing. Okay. This okay. film is just co- his his coke days explained, okay. basically. Okay, got it, so got it's gonna it. Be fun. Okay, I'm mentally prepared for a very cokey Stephen King experience. Exactly. And then Vamp is the second film. Okay. So it's a it's a coming of age teenage story with vampires. Very I really exciting. I feel times. like I watched Vamp at some point. I wouldn't be surprised to learn. Yeah, you're very, my very dad. au fait with the eighties. Yeah. So yeah, David Alt and the eighties. I'm very excited. Oh, Next week's gonna be fun. I'm thrilled. It's gonna be good. Please send me yeah, those movie titles so I don't forget. <laughs> I'll send you with the correct dates so we all watch the same movies. I mean, yes. I'll just check for eighties, you know? I mean, yeah, that's also true. You could you could just do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what makes you the brains of this operation. Not well, right. guys, thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate you. You guys are amazing. How is your spooky season? We are about halfway. We'll be over halfway by the time you're listening to this yeah. into October. How has Spooktober been for you? How much pumpkin have you eaten? What is the spice latte situation where mm-hmm. you are? What movies are you watching? And what horror series are you getting into? What foreign horror films are you watching in particular? Yes. And uh, we would love to hear that. Where can they let us know? Tell us all about it on Facebook or Instagram at Fresh Tomatoes Podcast, on Twitter at Fresh Tomatoes MP, and you can email us at freshtomatoespodcast at gmail.com. Thank you very much. And as we say at the end of every episode, 
We love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. We love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. And in Spanish, adios. Adios. <laughs> You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. My name is Brian Burton. It's been 26 years since the bombs fell. And since I've left the vault, I've been trying to rebuild. This isn't the Appalachia that I remember. There's so much more to everything going on. And I promise to find the answer. So if you're out there, if you're listening, just hone in on these coordinates. Remember, there's a place for you at the end. Omega. The Omega Broadcast Fallout Story is available on iTunes, Spotify, and many great podcasting sources. Ahoy there, ye landlubbers. Avast, my name is Captain Logan, and I'll be your guide out on the Sea of Thieves. If you love the idea of stealing treasure, cutting down cursed skeletons, fighting off krakens, and raiding forts filled to the brim with shinies, then Sea of Thieves is the game for you. Join me each week as I dive into the news and bring back the nuggets of information that any sailor worth their weight in salt would desire. You don't have to be a pirate legend to gain access to my podcast. Just search for Keelhauled, a Sea of Thieves podcast in your podcast app of choice or head over to robotsradio.net or captainlogan.podbeam.com and get ready to set sail for adventure. Arrgh.